Welcome back to episode two of the 643 podcast presented by Thirsty Go Entertainment. My name is Taylor Shaw, and oh, you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. This man here, this is Blakey Biceps, and his arms are so big, he can't even turn to wipe his own ass. Hit chest today, feeling pretty good. Then we got my man, Ethan Turner. He might have a voice of an angel, but in the morning, he'll probably leave you on red. We're back. Yes, we are back. Hello. What is going on? Now, we don't have much to update you on on a 2020 season. However, we do have a few things that need to be mentioned here. From last time, um, we are now in the spot where the plan, the owners and the MLB teams have come to an agreement and that agreement is now being pushed to the players and the players union. Um, some of the rumblings that I'm hearing is the money and the salary is not really in agreement. Uh, Blake, you mentioned last episode, uh, players were given $170 million in advance and it's going to be prorated after that for yep. whatever is played. Yep. Um, now th- this is just ridiculous and I don't see how this was even discussed or thought about. MLB and the team say that they were under the assumption that fans were going to be in, ten, in, in attendance and now the figures that were discussed need to be revisited. I don't see how that's possible. No. I don't even know how that's predictable. Why, why did they even discuss that? Clearly, I don't know. They were just hoping for the best, I guess, because I just don't see how that's even possible. It sounds ridiculous to me. It, I yeah. mean, it's just like I think a season wasn't out of the question. And I think you could have believed that. Yeah. But to think fans in those, uh, you know, that gate money, ticket money, I, I just don't see where that was coming from. So now it's almost like the MLB is like backing up. They're backing off of what they promised the players. And now in a player standpoint, they're a little pissed off. Right. I don't think I blame them. No, not at all. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest problems right now is I don't think the owners are going to want to pay players the salary that they were that they signed their contract to and they think otherwise. And yeah, that's understandable. What, what's being proposed is what I think a 50, 50 share. Yeah. So if, if any revenue share, so it'll go 50% to the players, 50% to the team and the owners, um, which is not even close. Mike Trout, $400 million contract, not, not getting anywhere near the money that he was, no. that he signed that contract for. So, so like, like, you're going to have that, you're going to run into that issue. Like, players are going to want their money. And in, under this 50 50 split, there's no way they're getting even close yeah. to being. Yeah, now, I mean, you know. Do I see Mike Trout being, like, hey, I signed that contract, you know, I want that money? I don't see him being that, that kind of guy just based off of how I view Mike Trout. I well, feel Trout like just in a general character. sense. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's going to just agree because he wants to play the game. And I think I that's, I think that's accurate too. And I think it's going to be all over the place. You're going to have guys who want to play baseball. Well, I'm going right. to compare it kind of the NFL, you know, in the NFL, guys are scared to do a holdout. Even if they're in a current contract, they'll go, you know what? I want more money. I'm not going to play. Thank God. We've never seen that in baseball, but we've also never seen this in baseball. Correct. So, you're going to see a lot of disagreements among players that aren't going to agree to play if they're not getting paid what they feel they should be getting paid. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're going to have both ends of the spectrum. You're going to have those type of guys, and you're going to have guys who say, listen, I'll go play. What would Mark Teixeira say? Mark, so, yeah, the former former Major League player, Mark Teixeira, said uh, that he would rather play for pennies on the dollar to give hope to people uh, rather than miss out on an entire year of his career. Exactly. So you're going to have that sentiment that's going right. to be shared amongst some players, and yep. then you're going to have the players who are on like, on the business side. No, like I'm not playing until I see my money. I don't mean I would play for – I would pay them to let me play, but also <laughs> exactly. I don't have major league talent either. <laughs> exactly. So obviously we don't want to go too much 2020 season talk. We went episode one with that. But there's one thing that we do want to touch on as well. And that is the discussion of the universal designated hitter. Now, now, uh, what's a first DH? Off, I do want to say thank you to everyone who participated in the poll. Thank you for interacting with us. It's great. Keep it up. Um, love having you guys as fans. And if you're listening right now, we're about to discuss what you voted on. Um, and what I saw, I know the polls uh, weren't quite closed, but Facebook was looking like a 45, 55 
in terms of a no. Yeah. And Twitter was looking more like a 60-40 yeah. leaning yes. Yep. Um, those well, that could, means, right? Those could change. There's just more AL fans on Twitter. That's all that means. I mean, it really might mean <laughs> that, honestly. <laughs> so, um, interesting there that the you know there were differences. But, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. I'll let you two start since hey, you're in Ethan, agreement. Would you mind telling Taylor what league was the original league of Major League Baseball? Uh that would be the National League. All right. And uh, have they ever had a DH? No. So, therefore, the DH was not intended in Major League Baseball until the AL come around and decided, hey, we're going to change the rules up a little bit. What year did they merge? It was recent, like 1990 or something like that. I could be wrong. I think it was in the 70s. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't But I know you. it's recent memory. It's not 100 years ago. They finally merged in – I like how it is now. They both kept to their same standard rules – AL kept the DH, NL no DH. If you go to the other team's ballpark, you abide by that league's rules. I like it. Now, Manfred's been trying to push the DH for forever because he wants more offense, but I say fuck that. Yeah, and that that's kind of where, just in a general sense of where this is stemming from, what did the NBA do? The NBA decreased fouling. They increased shooting shooting percentages, scoring. If you have scoring, you have fireworks. If you have fireworks, you have fans and viewership and ratings, right? And then we're also seeing the same thing in the NFL. The NFL, they want ratings. They want viewership. What are they doing? They're trying to increase the offense, right? So, And they're getting that, and you're seeing it work. Offensive fireworks all over the place. Mahomes, Jared Goff, um, the Rams. What was it, the Rams and the – was it the Rams and the Chiefs? Yeah. You know, yeah that, like, the huge high score. 80. They call it the greatest yeah. game of all time. I mean, in that was ridiculous. So, like, you know, it's working for them. And and I'm not even saying this in defense, but I just know what they're trying to think from a There's business two sides side. It. Oh, yeah. It's a business side. And Manfred wants to get on that train of the NBA and the NFL. And what he's trying to do is increase offense. And that's the story behind the business but side. But really, you're only saying that because if they didn't have a DH, you wouldn't have had Big Poppy for, like, four years. True. Well, I mean, listen, I don't know what you want me to he say. He would have been out of a job. <laughs> Just to be historically accurate, I fact-checked it. The leagues have merged as recent as 2000. 2000? That's, that's, oh. yeah, that's when Major League Baseball took the AL and the NL as a merger. That is mind-blowing. Which was really? led – that's when they became a single organization led by the commissioner of baseball. Wow. Before that, they had separate. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I feel like that was like a so really seventies, eighties. Yeah, right. We're only, we're twenty years in, which really two thousand feels like five years ago. But so I just want to get your view on the DH Taylor, as in why do you want to see a universal DH, or why? Don't but you not think? based off just what you were talking about, where Manfred's trying to go with the offense, but like you personally, why do you enjoy the DH? Well, I will say that I don't even mind the way it is right now. I, I mean, I think it puts a a very cool wrinkle in the game that you actually don't have in any other sport. You actually go into other league ballparks and have to completely change your lineups and completely change your style of play. And it kind of, it creates a wrinkle in the world series. You see it come to life and it's just like, it's beautiful that you don't see that in other sports. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's something to be said where, you know, if you're watching the Red Sox for all the years that I've watched the Red Sox and other people watch the Red Sox, hell you guys, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just electric moments usually are brought by your designated hitter. And that just in general, I believe, is good for the game. It just it creates offense, yes, but it also just creates electric moments. And it's a selling point. It brings people's eyeballs to the game. And that's – is that why ESPN, you know, runs all these AL games? Probably. Yeah. Probably just electric, electric moments, man. And I think you see more of those with, with a DH and yes, I voted yes for yeah. anyone who didn't yeah, know, know I did vote. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, but also we got two NL fans here and we have an AL fan here. So, I mean, we're all biased. So is anyone surprised? <laughs> we all no. like what we like and we all like, you know, our I own just leagues. like that aspect. I, 
small ball for some reason. I've just been a small ball fan. I like a guy that can get a bunt down. I want to see a pitcher come up. You get a you get a sacrifice down, a nice little sacrifice. You know, and I think just, that comes from us just playing youth ball. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean coming up through the ranks of travel ball, like that that was the game, right? Right. You yeah. So really like, get like, your bunt down. You know what I really enjoy? Pitchers that rake. Yeah, and then like, because then true, I'll give that's, you that. That's that's a saying for a reason. I'll give you because that. then you know we get a treasure like Michael Lorenzen, who can, Mister Universal. So if he ever, if we're ever to put him in a starting role, we don't need a DH. We got Michael Lorenzen. That's true. No, I mean it. it it's very true. Um, but again, you know, it's going but, back to what was said this th- season. If I see you're a try lot of, some. Try it. A lot of people say, you know in that type of situation, they don't want to see a guy come up to the plate that's just going to get blown away by a fastball because they can't, they, have, they don't swing a bat. They'd rather see a the best hitter versus the best pitcher at their best positions, you know, yeah. which I, I, I understand. I get it. I mean, it's cool, well, but to me it's just I don't like rule changes. I'm not – especially for the game of baseball. Yeah, nobody likes change. I uh, – you know, I just enjoy it, the the pastime, like the the history and, you know, watching all that. I think that's what is attractive, though, too, uh, for the Universal DH is you you have guys who go up there as, as pitchers and the bat won't leave their shoulder. Right. Like, you're going to have that. There are guys like Clayton Kershaw that <laughs> will not swing it. Well, pitch. right. I mean, you're, you're going to have that because they're yep. paid to be a pitcher, and I don't blame them. Don't even put yourself at risk. Right. Um, so I think that's the other side of it is where you get that extra person in that lineup who's going to challenge, maybe drop one over the wall or hit a triple inside the park home run. Who knows? You, you just get that extra batter in there, and that just goes back to viewership and ratings and electric moments yep. Yep. instead of a dude sitting there with his bat on his shoulder. Now, am I crazy to think that it's going to get shot down? No. Like, will we see the universal DH in baseball? Yes. I think Probably going to see it in 2020 regardless. And, and then it's not going to change. Yeah, they'll just keep it. Yeah, which any, any rule change happens in 2020, it's just going to stay. This is a perfect time for Major League Baseball to use this scenario as an excuse, and it stays. Which is yep. the perfect segue to exactly to right. We're getting ready to talk about the new MLB draft. Yep. And I, what we're officially is we're going from 40 rounds. Yeah, for those of you who didn't know, because not a lot of people tune in yeah, the MLB draft is not like it happens in like the middle of June in the middle of the season nobody yeah. really knows nobody really watches and players don't have an immediate impact like the NFL you're drafting right. a guy for now right so Major League baseball you're, you're what three to five years out probably most people don't know this there are 40 rounds in the major league you baseball might, draft. you might draft a guy and not see him until eight years exactly hey, 40, 40 rounds, rounds now but there used to be 62 rounds, and Mike Piazza was the 1,390th <laughs> pick in that draft. But now it is going down. The draft is going from 40 to five rounds. And I guess kind of one of my questions is, like, does this have an impact on talent pool? Does this have an impact on the level of play that's coming into the major leagues? What are we going to see here? I, it's, I think, you know, you get a lot of guys that – get drafted, you know, seventh round, eighth round. You know, you got those guys like that. And as far as it's baseball to me is just a tough I could like you can go through the first round picks of the last 10, 15 years. But even number one overall picks. I mean Chipper yeah. Jones was the very first ever number one overall pick to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And that was right. what last it year? just the number like they're just not there. Right. Like right. There, there's more failures in the first round than people that actually succeed. Yeah. So it's just a one of those you don't know what you're getting. Like it's the game. I think to me, baseball the game changes dramatically from high school to the professional level more than almost any other sport. So I, you see, you know, the pitching in high school doesn't even touch. You know, you got it's guys, you got kids ready for the NBA out of high school almost. Right. And so I think just that you you don't know what you're getting necessarily. Like yes, you can tell, like at watching at bats, watching tendencies, different things like that. The kids that have it and can take it there. But it also depends on like what organization you get drafted by. Some oh, yeah, some teams organizations like their their player development is just terrible. Right. 
I think the Pirates have had a ton of number one overall picks, and hardly any of them have ever done anything. And you got teams like the Cardinals that it seems like they have one Hall of Famer pumped out by another Hall of Famer right behind them. Right, and it just, it just they and they always towards the later part of the draft because you know the the success in that organization has always been good. They just they they draft really well. Yeah, just just for instance, Albert Pujols, thirteen round draft. And probably the greatest right-hander in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Or at least for those 10 years. He had the greatest 10 years. That decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just Absolutely. insane. And to, and to think he might not, like, guys with that talent in the future might not be playing in Major League Baseball and could be bagging groceries. That's kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, it's definitely weird. But I, I think it is – it's important to point out, though, that I think the scouts – the scouts aren't going to change. They're still going to be good enough and talented enough to, to find these kids and sign these players to deals that don't have to go through a draft process. So what is it that was officially decided? You can sign a player for 20000 20, Yeah, post, post five-round draft. You can sign anybody after that for a $20,000 contract. Yeah. So I, I think the scouts it, still do their due diligence. They're still hitting yeah. the road like they usually are. They're – you know, hitting their Excel sheets and doing their algorithms. And I think now you just see more of a, is it just more loose? You know, it's less strict in terms of, you know, who can get picked up where, right? you know, cause I mean, it's kind of fair game now. Yeah. Basically your scouts now are a little more important. Oh yeah, they like, you go definitely find, go find our hidden gems for us. Go like because now that puts a lot more emphasis on your draft pick. Like don't you do not want to miss right at like at all. And you know, as far as the player, like we're, I think we're going to dive into this a little bit. So, um, as far as the player aspect, does twenty thousand dollars really jump off the page to you? Like oh no, because to me. Knowing what I know now, like $20,000, like, you know, coming out of high school, you're not making any money at all. Like, you don't, like, most of these kids, like, they, they don't work. They don't have, they don't, they don't have money. So, they see $20,000, so like, eh, whatever, you know, $20,000. But $20,000 on top of, when you sign a professional contract, nobody's taking care of you. Like, you pay for your, your food. Yeah. You pay for all this. You pay all, you know, the expenses are on you. At that point, like... Some like these kids need to be made aware of that I think because you go to college you know your travels paid for your rooms paid for your you know you got different things like that and even food I mean yeah your food like you they, you have meal plans and different things like that it's all included like twenty I think a twenty thousand dollar contract you'd struggle oh so yeah absolutely you would but I mean but but I, don't I get know it if that really changes a lot because minor leaguers now they still don't make minimum yeah. wage mm-hmm, I mean, right but it's I think it puts. I think it maybe puts co- the college game a little bit more into the player's mind. That, that's what I was going to ask. Do, do you think now because of the the forty rounds of the five is college baseball a more attractive option? Yeah, I, I believe so. Well, the good thing about baseball is you can get drafted and decline it. I mean, you don't. You know, with college, and like you can still you, go to college. Yeah, you could. You Correct. have the option to still go to college. So. If you're not picked in the first five rounds, which I would say if you're not picked in the first five rounds, college is probably your best option. So that's going to give college baseball a lot better of a talent pool. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good thing, you know, for the game in general. It, just kind of speaking, you know, off the top of my head here is if you take these guys who don't see themselves in the first five rounds and they're all going to college, yeah. not all of them, some will take that yeah, money. Yeah, but a lot. A lot of a lot more will. You get to develop those. The, the MLB teams aren't developing the players. I'm not saying that, but those right. those kids are getting developed under great schools and well, great coaches. I and, think four years of college baseball is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than going and playing four years of minor league baseball. Right, right. And you're in a lot better living conditions, like we have already said. You're definitely happy. Yeah, if you're getting drafted in the minors, I mean. You're going to have a hard way to go for a while unless you're one of those really lucky guys that's going to sign a multi-million dollar signing bonus. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think this this helps college baseball and I think now you know, this has got to be an exciting announcement just for the NCAA baseball 
Yeah, I'd say you know, your top whole. college baseball clubs are licking their chops right now, knowing yeah. knowing all these guys. Like I like I'm I'm a U of L fan, University of Louisville, and I couldn't tell you how many guys they get committed that end up getting drafted and going pro anyways that were going to be you know first round draft picks or they were first round draft picks so they opt away from college and go pro. Well, now I mean they're not going to get the first round guys, but. You know, six, seven round pick. I mean, that's still not bad. And those guys, There's a lot are, of talent. Those, yeah, I mean, those guys would still probably go pro. But now you're going to look at those guys going to college. So, I mean, it makes college baseball really attractive. And, and I'm hoping the media jumps on board with this and starts covering more college baseball because they fail yeah. miserably at covering these college athletes. I, I'd like to see that. I think the only shine they get is the College World Series, which is awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I love the College World Series. I Absolutely. love ESPN's coverage of the College World yeah. Series, but it's we can see more it's of it. It's covered well, but like regular season, right? I mean, we you gotta, see more you gotta have an ESPN or watch ESPN subscription just to catch anything. So I, I've been looking this up because I knew there was a, a number here. Um, so the trend is of high school players getting drafted is falling substantially. Uh, right, like kids getting okay. drafted right out of high school. Um, so back in 1999. Uh, 46% of players drafted in the first 10 rounds were out of high school. Okay. So you're looking at almost 50% of players out of high school. Yeah. So last year's draft, I believe, in 2019, uh, it was down to 19% of high school players drafted out of the first round. Every other player at least went to a two-year or four-year program in college. So you think we're going to be looking at or less than 5% overseas. in the future? I think it's going to keep going down uh, just because Absolutely. you're looking now like a lot of your talent in the in the major leagues are college baseball players, like people that, you know, you don't have you, – I mean, you have your, you got Bryce Harper, you know, the, one of the Anomaly. kids. Anomaly. Yeah. Got, yeah, you got freak generation talents that are going to come through. But other than that, like, you know, most of these guys are college baseball players and – I think so. College you, was already on the rise, right? You put yeah. this rule in place. Yeah. I think it's going to make it even. It just bumps it up. I think more yeah, bumps it up. Now, does that does this kind of fall into your theory, Blake? I don't think there's like a, I don't think there's a plan really in place that what I'm saying, but like it's just unintended consequences. Um, if you make this rule and you push players to college baseball, does this help the MLB get rid of all their minor league systems? Not all of them, but most of them. I think. It, <laughs> See, this is kind of and like, you, and use use yeah. college as your feeder system yeah, this instead is of kind minor of, leagues. Yeah, this is kind of based. It more or less is based off of the whole COVID nineteen thing. But once again, I think this is an excuse the baseball's using. I think this was Major League Baseball's long term goal. For a long time, they've been wanting to get rid of a lot of minor league affiliates, and I think it's end up it's going to come down to nothing prior than double A. I mean, I think that's inevitable. Like, why are you going to need low rookie ball, high rookie ball? Why, I mean, that's what college baseball's for. And back on the whole thing with, you know, you think of a guy like we talked about Albert Pools. You look back at him as a, as a 13th round pick. I'm sure once that guy got drafted, two years in, I guarantee you they were like, holy crap, like we got some talent. Well, a guy like that's going to be playing college baseball. It's going to be the same way. I mean, within two years, you're going to know who your top guys are, I would think. You're going to have a good idea. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I think you're going to have double A and triple A in the, your pro club, and, and that's it. And I think as a as a player standpoint, a, a young player standpoint, this is almost exciting too because you hear about the, the shit show of an experience the minor league system is. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, it seems that the MLB – would rather us go the college route. So if I can accomplish that yeah. and be, you know, in the system that they prefer and be happier and be able to party and hang out with my friends. Being a privileged D1 athlete has a lot right. of perks. And, and not saying that like a lot of D1 baseball players like don't even have scholarships and stuff, right. but like they're still fairly, they're fairly treated, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. But yeah, so I, I think it. You're treated better than being a single A baseball player. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that, that's my point. Yeah, every every amenity you get is top of the line. If you're at a good program, but even the worst programs, I doubt it's that bad. I mean, right. So yeah, I mean it. it I think there's a lot of good. I think there's some bad. Yeah. Um, 
but the moral of the story is guess what it's happening i can yeah <laughs> so I, I, I can say i'm true. more optimistic than pessimistic about this it's one of the few rule changes that isn't too unattractive to me because like i said the dog days of just playing in single a ball i mean it, we we've heard i think it, this is mlb's solution for all the backlash they've got for how poorly paid minor leaguers are right. Like, all right well we can get this off our shoulders and just Tell them if you're not drafted, here's twenty thousand dollars. If not, go to college. Yep. Yeah, I think it solves a lot of their headaches. I think it was about the only solution they really had because I don't think they were going to pay them any more money. They were just no, gonna, yeah, no, no chance there, no chance there. Uh, kind of a a wild uh, roundabout way here, <laughs> but I do want to give a shout out to uh, UFC. Oh yeah, the very first um, sport, live sport to successfully, you know, put on a show. Um, so, you know, that was awesome. I actually sat down and watched every single fight. I never do that. I maybe watched the last two and that's it. But I was so starved for a live sporting event and so locked in just because we haven't had it yeah. that I sat down and watched, you know, every one. It, it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, but while I was watching it, I'm not a UFC guy. I'm a baseball guy. So I couldn't help but sit there and think baseball while I was watching UFC. I know that's, that's crazy, but I was. So it got me thinking, what are our best UFC matchups in MLB that we'd like to see? Who would you like to see get in the octagon and go three or five rounds? I'll start this one off. All right, go for it. Come on. Just because... I lost all respect for him. I want to see a Rolls Chapman get revenge on Jose Altuve for cranking that damn change up because he knew it was coming. Because have you seen a Rolls Chapman since the offseason? He's fucking jacked. jacked. Holy jacked. hell. He would like this. So you don't give a shit about weight divisions. Oh, no. Fuck weight divisions. <laughs> We're going. Whoever wants to step in that son of a bitch, throw hands. We're going Mike Tyson versus Mayweather right now. Because <laughs> Chapman would pick him alive. Like just absolutely destroy him. And you don't think Altuve gets some like wild ass jujitsu and gets I mean, if somebody's banging on a trash out. can outside and let him know that a left <laughs> yeah, hook's let, coming, let him know the hook's coming. <laughs> but that, that that's one matchup I would like to see. But as far as like an actual like like something fight, that would be like decently close. decently watched. Uh, let's go, Eric Thames. Mm. Tank Big boy Dude is loaded So you're talking Big. heavyweight division Oh yeah heavyweight And he was over in Japanese baseball for a while So I'm Yeah sh- the dude I'm, could Definitely Sure and, he got uh, some of their technique Just <laughs> because he's like Jumps off the plate to me As being another big guy So Joey Gallo I think that would be An intriguing matchup You think Gallo could connect More than uh, His batting average <laughs> Oh, I know so, if he does. <laughs> yeah. If he does. It just takes that one yeah, connection. That, that one the dude hit a 500-foot home run last year. Like, he just cranks I think in that sense, uh, I think I give the athleticism to Thames. To Thames. Yep. But like you said, if if Gallo, when he connects, that boy connects. The dude's <laughs> – what, what, what did we say the other day? He's 6'4", 235? Yeah, he's big. Massive. That's yeah, a lot of weight. Yeah, and and it's very little body fat. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. But I'll tell that. you what, since we're getting we're getting way out in left field as far as UFC <laughs> for baseball players, I can't believe I incorporated <laughs> UFC. Into I, I'm MLB. gonna one up you on this one. Let's get a little extreme here. All right, let's mix a little UFC with the WWE action. Okay, oh so boy. we're talking a little little tag team fighting, right? Oh, so the most intriguing fight I can think of all day long. I want to see Puig and Amir Garrett take on the entire Pittsburgh Pirates. Gosh, damn it. I was going to go to that one. <laughs> that was my next one. I want to see Chris Archer get his nose pummeled in so Don't bad. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm sure you'll see that happen. The, the, oh I feel like the Pirates God. and Reds fight every they year. Do. They're going to they fight do. again this year without a doubt. But I don't know. But like, I think a part of that had to do with Clint Hurdle's piece of shit managing. Yeah, he's a bush league. <laughs> I hate that son of a bitch. Yeah, he's fucked. Uh, no, that, no, that is good. Uh, just going back to that, that memory... Oh. Of Amir Garrett oh, taking on the incredible. entire. I'm like bench. that. <laughs> I'm like that. And then Puig looks back at Vado. He goes, "Hey, you know what, man? Fuck you. You're not gonna take him. I got this shit." Dude, and then yeah. he gets. And then he gets. He was traded that day. Oh man, yes. What a is. what a going out party. Dude, yeah, I I I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I mean, honestly, 
I give him a shot. Yeah, those two against the entire Pirates. I, I mean, David Bell didn't even send. He didn't even send the pitching coach out to talk to Amir Garrett. He sent a yeah. bench coach, a random ass bench coach that never gets on the field to go out there and talk to Amir Garrett. And he's he like, smacks him on the ass. Says, Amir Garrett's like, him. here's the ball. I'm gonna go fight these sons of bitches. And he's like, I mean, he's like, get somebody warmed up because he's about to go fight these guys. <laughs> he t- he taps him on the ass. Says, go get him, killer. And then he just goes over there and it's and it's on. That, I mean, that that will go down in like baseball history is one of the coolest moments ever oh it's great like you know what's better than that though kyle farnsworth beating the shit out of paul wilson Gosh, damn it. yes that was a good one. underrated one yes that deserves a lot of recognition now i think i'll take that i'll take that l <laughs> <laughs> not a good look I paul. paul i think paul wilson would too i don't think he wants that rematch <laughs> i will say um <laughs> now these two are teammates oh Yes, the, got my two are teammates, and I okay. was like, oh, damn, this would be a good matchup. But we're talking heavyweight division again. Okay. Right? Big boys. Give me Aaron Judge okay. against Giancarlo Stanton. Oh. I, I, I could dig that. I know. They're, they're teammates. I get it. But those two dudes, I mean, do we know the? Do we know height weight on those two dudes? Uh, I know can, Judge is find like, it what, 6'7"? But... Let me, uh, I'll research He's that. Too damn we'll tall to be playing outfield. At the end. <laughs> Have you seen that picture of him at second next to Altuve? <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's every nice. time it cracks me. Well, up. like he bar- like I've seen him rob a home run in Yankee Stadium. He barely right gets off he, the he jumps like three inches right. off the ground, and he's right. over. He's over top of the wall. But like the, Aaron Judge is six seven two eighty two. That's a lot of man. Uh, Stanton. Well, I don't even know how to spell Giancarlo. We'll look it up by Carlos because that's, you he know. Went by Mike Stanton. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Stanton. Yeah, let's go by Mike. Big Mike. Giancarlo. 6'6". Six, six. Uh, wait. Not finding. Hold on. Uh, eh, kind of irrelevant. Just the yeah, height. Yeah, I mean, the height. 6'7", 6'6". Six, 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 yeah. So probably, Judge probably. That's I, a good I would, fight. I would throw Stanton just based off his body probably around the 240. Now, the only Wait. thing with these two fuckers is they'll hit each other and they'll be on the 60-day DL. Yeah, that, that I was going to go there. I was going to go there. <laughs> yeah. They'll, uh, They're yeah. done for. They hit each other. Absolutely. Boom. You know, torn labrum, torn calf, torn pec, mus- uh, pec muscle. They, and they probably wouldn't even connect with each other. They would both <laughs> throw one swing, 60-day well, DL. Is Stanton, if, if, you know, if... Uh, <laughs> Stanton, if Judge throws him like anything that resembles a changeup, he's he's missing that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a good uh, dude lightweight I, division. I know I've fight. Already, yeah, and I know I've already said tiny Puig, guys. I've already said Puig, but I want to see you know these Cuban guys. There's some big motherfuckers. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Give me some Jonas Cespedes versus Yusel Puig. Ooh. Oh God, two, be a good one. Two big Cuban tanks. Yeah, and Cespedes been putting on that weight. Oh yeah, because I mean, it's not like they're they're not gonna get gassed. No. They're both in good shape. Absolutely. Like they're just gonna throw down hardcore. Do you have some little guys? I got What's, one for you. You come up with another. All right, we'll go. Uh, we'll go a little scrappy D Gordon. Okay, a little D versus. Uh, I think he could really hammer down. Hmm. Ichiro. Let's go. Let's throw like each row like in there. A twenty-year age gap there, but all right. And D's on the juice too, man. I don't know about uh, it. D Gordon Ichiro. Oh man. I, okay. I'm better yet. We'll go with a retired guy. We'll do Ichiro versus Juan Pierre. I think that'll be a little oh, more even there you match. Go. There okay. You go. It's a good little scrap job. I will say, uh, still current players. This is a little dated, but not too dated. Why don't we just run back? Rufnet Odor and Joey Bats. Joey. Oh, yes. Yes. Odor Batista. I don't know if Odor, I don't know if he, I don't know. You think, you think he's got I mean, that height difference again? is yeah. tough. The height difference but is tough. But I don't know that, that I punch. think Joey, yeah, Joey Bats would, I think it, in What do you think would happen if octagon. he'd got up and uh, swung back at him? He probably would not. He would not knock him out, but he probably would have definitely. I'm going to be honest with you. Odor threw a haymaker. Everything he had, it connected. And it barely phased you. Well, but, that is true. Batista just wasn't like, he wasn't expecting Odor to hit him in the that face. That is true. Like, Odor got him good. Yeah. But it almost, like, it almost seemed like Batista didn't even, it didn't even phase the dude. Right. Like, that's how, like, I don't know. He must just have a stone jaw. What I would have loved to see is him get up, punch Odor back, and then flip him like he does that back. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think. Let's do, a, let's do a starting pitcher matchup. Okay. Oh, 
Scherzer because he's a fucking psycho. Okay, yeah. The dude is a psycho. Yes, he is. And Get it, him in the octagon. G- oh, give me him a John Lester. I think Lester's too mellow and old. No, he's got an attitude. He's got an attitude, man. <laughs> but hey, okay. Like Scherzer, me, rip I'll him I'll tell you apart. this much: if you uh, if you put John Lester in there and he connects on some punches, and they said he missed the corner, he's gonna be pretty pissed. <laughs> give me, uh, give me this one. Two young studs. Give me Clevy and Soroka from the from the Braves. Mike Soroka. Okay, I like that. We'll go with that one. Because well, Clevy, I feel like Clevy's scrappy. Like he's Walker just, Bueller. Walker Bueller. I can see that. Shout out, Kentucky kid. Let's go. Okay, then we'll go him and James Paxson. Two Kentucky kids. Paxson's old. Yeah, and he's he, on the DL he, right now. Probably should do that. Hurt all the time. <laughs> I, I do, can't say DL anymore. I don't think uh, I don't think this scrub is in the league anymore. So RIP to him. Uh, Tyler Austin. Okay. And oh. Joe Kelly. Let's run it back. Oh, okay. Because Joe Joe Kelly clocked him. So I'm gonna assume Joe, Joe, I'm, Joe Fight Club. Kelly. Are we pitching Joe Kelly or are we no glasses batting Joe Kelly? Because uh, we gotta go. I don't think he wears glasses fighting. We gotta go. We gotta go. Pitching Joe Kelly, okay. psycho Joe Kelly, Joe oh, wow. Fight Club Kelly. That's right. basically his his alter ego. Okay. Um. But yeah. Let's let's finish that because you know Tyler came at him. You know, Joe sidestepped him, got him on the ground. Might have connected once. I don't know. No one really knows. Um, but I don't know. They. I feel like that would have been a good matchup. I feel like it would have been a good matchup. I'm thinking if baseball season does happen 2020, I think we're on to something. Let it go if they charge? Hockey so, style? Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's leak this idea to MLB baseball. And uh, speaking of things leaked, Taylor, uh, tell them about uh, – a little bit of Trevor Bauer, actually. Oh, here. boy. Oh, Ooh. boy. So, off the heels of the UFC event, we go straight into the KBO League, Korean Baseball League. Um, Korean was, Baseball Organization. Yep. I was watching right after UFC live, um, and they put on a you know, b- little bad radio here. So, you got the game image, and then on the right, you have three squares of commentators or two squares of commentators. Okay. Um they had two squares up and you know they were like well let's bring on trevor bauer so trevor comes on um and espn classic espn mishap (laughs) trevor signs on and you know it comes up he's facetiming you're facetiming with blah 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 right yeah he usually says the name no name he wasn't in espn's context (laughs) (laughs) yeah no name is said you were facetiming with Cell phone number. Trevor Bauer's cell phone number, which is just like, I mean, ESPN. Poor that's, you. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's textbook ESPN. It's textbook ESPN. They are textbook at fucking up. Which is it's just well, That's hilarious. what happens when you get rid of everybody and pay everybody for nothing. Like, they, and, the, the analysts on ESPN have just tanked. And, and Bauer was just so... It, obviously, this is after the fact because no one really knew what was going on at right. the time. And Bauer said that his phone got blew up. Yeah, he, he actually got on Twitter and he said, uh, ESPN leaked my number to the entire world. In honor of this, shall we call it, massive screw-up, I'm going to do a giveaway. So he's going to give away a pair of sign cleats and an autographed baseball over the next 48 hours. And the rules were in his voicemail. So, so uh, in his, the rule he put, so he, you know, you changed his voicemail, left the rules so people would just call his phone or whatever. Right. Did not expect his voicemail filled up completely. So, like, no <laughs> one else could get the rules. So he went back to Twitter and posted the rules on Twitter for people to get the, uh, to get that stuff, which is, that's, you know, that's cool of him to do that. Oh, like, yeah. he could have blown up and made a big scene, but, you know, he had fun with it. Very it's, easily to get pissed about that. Yeah, in all honesty, you know, we've all kind of talked about this. And I'll, and I'll be honest, when Trevor Bauer was with Cleveland, I thought he was a douchebag. I mm-hmm. thought he was arrogant. Yeah. You know, when, when he threw that ball over center field with his little temper tantrum, I was like, man, fuck this guy. But then he goes to Cincinnati, which local to us, so we follow them pretty much. And I'm like, you know what, I'll give this guy a Twitter follow. And let me just say, if you're a baseball fan and you don't follow the Bauer outage on Twitter, you need to get on there because this guy, for what he does for the game of baseball, the way he promotes it, he he's one of the best. I mean, he, yes, yeah, oh, absolutely. He's he's a great person too. Like it just, I uh, 
I watch a lot of his YouTube videos of just his, you know, one-on-one interviews, different things like that. And it's just, you know, the guy understands it, he gets it and he wants to do not only for himself, but just for the game of baseball, he wants to, you know, be there. Exactly. He's one of the, one of the lone players in the league right now, um, who really take advantage of self-promotion. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that's one of the things that like, it just, it just kind of irks me with, with baseball. And I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if it's the league who, who try to, you know, put a hog tie on them or whatever, but, um, just self promotion and, and getting yourself out there, letting your personality show is just so taboo, uh, for the league. And Trevor's one of those guys who he, he fights it back. You know, he, he gets himself out there. He has started a media company himself, um, to promote players, to promote himself. Um, and he runs his own website. He's right. got his own swag. Yeah, and it's just it's amazing to see. And I think more players need to follow the the Bauer path. Bregman, I think, does a pretty yeah, good job yeah, of it. Right. Um, you know, let yourself out there. You know, be seen. I mean, I'm like, gonna be honest. You, you know, Mike Trout is the most unknown superstar in right. the world. Oh yeah, we're all it's extremely crazy. we're all extremely biased towards our team, right? But tell yeah. me, if you could get a hold. Of a Bauer or not a well, even Bauer or Trout or Harper, some any any of your favorite guys that don't play for your team, wouldn't you love to have a shirt that somehow marketed him that wasn't necessarily the affiliated with our team? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I would definitely wear a Mike Trout T-shirt or but something. I'm just not but wear an Angel shirt. Yeah, I don't want to wear an Angel shirt. Like, right. I, I've always been one of those guys that were like, even if one of my favorite players from the Reds goes to a different team, like I want to support him. But I can't buy another jersey. Like, imagine, just, just imagine a shirt just says "Drop Trout." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. Well, it's like with Trevor Bauer, man. He sells those shirts that say "Bauer out of John" with like right. his face on it. Like, I need one of those. Yeah. Like, this guy gets it. I want one, and I hope everybody else follows that. That's like what he has done is he's paved the way for how every player, you know, should market themselves. And I, I, I hope in the near future we see more of that. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that 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 is a larger discussion as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be a pretty big segment on a on a future episode of just where does the MLB stardom rank against the NBA stardom and the oh, NFL yeah. stardom, and what's the difference? It's allowing these dudes to self promote, marketability, right? and, and putting yourself out there, and it if if they just took control of it themselves. You know, they, they could really make an impact. It's and un- I think and I think Bauer is he's putting the footprint down. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it's come down to that, but this is kinda along those lines, but like we'll, we'll go to football for a minute. So James Harrison, have you ever seen his workout videos? Oh, they're insane. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The dude's a freak, right? So he's always he'll go play a game and go work out after that. And he said he spends over a hundred thousand dollars a year just on taking care of himself. And he ended up getting it. I don't remember what it was, but he got a huge contract towards the tail end of his career. And he said, and he, you know, like I said, he spent a hundred thousand dollars a year just on taking care of his body. And he had said, if you invest in yourself, it'll pay off. So that's the way I should look at these players. You know, not necessarily paying a hundred thousand dollars to work out, but you know, you go sign with a really good media company that will promote you. I mean, the the limitations are endless. Like I, I want to see a lot of guys. Start spending money and investing in themselves to promote this. I mean, I think it would be huge for baseball, for themselves and baseball. Yeah, and I think Bauer not only did a good job of self-promotion, but he, he also created that media company. Yeah. And now he might see other MLB players just sign under him, under his company, and, right. and do that type of promotion. Well, he's already had guys like Derek Dietrich on there. Um Mike Clevenger's on there a Clevenger's lot. Clevenger's with him, yeah. Uh, so just different guys. Like, I just watched a video today. Um, they've been out in the desert um, taking BP, like, off of each other, like, trying to stay loose. And they, like, well, the first video I saw was him and Dietrich doing it. And then today I watched one. It was, like, him. Um, had a couple guys, pitchers from Cleveland, some other different, like, guys like that. And there's a, there was a high school kid out there with him just, you know, and, like, some of those guys I never heard of before. Right. And then just based off of watching that video, like now I know who they are. And so now you're probably a fan because Yeah, they're all cool guys. Yeah, like, you, you you get to see one their them personality. Fun. And that's a good thing about baseball too. With Major League Baseball, you see you see players' personalities more than any other sport. Correct, because they're 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then they're all out there just like in the middle of the desert, cracking beers, taking live BP. Like, that's the stuff you don't get to see. What is it Dietrich said when he finally connected after Bowers' like 20th pitch? Oh, he said, I got you, bitch. Or? He said something. He's like, see ya, bitch. <laughs> you know who honestly probably would have been the best at marketing themselves? Well, they are the best at marketing themselves, but they could have done it in baseball, even if they didn't make the major leagues. Probably Michael Jordan. MJ, the last dance documentary going on ESPN right now. Man, I'm shouting out ESPN a lot. I should probably stop that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hashtag fuck ESPN. Until you, no. until you want to sign us, then you know what? We, we might learn to like you a yeah, little then, bit. Yeah, then we'll, we'll love you then. Uh, but yeah, so last dance, um, great documentary, just... You know, hands down. Just Haven't finished it yet, so don't give me any spoilers. No, no, no. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, Spoiler: just, uh, He won a lot of championships. <laughs> yeah, he he did win a lot of those. Uh, but this, why why we do want to bring it up right now is because this episode actually touched on um, in MJ's baseball career, um, short lived, but they did talk about it. One um, glorious season and why it may have happened, um, but not to get into the details of the documentary and you know why it happened or why he chose to do it. Um, more what we want to go into is, you know, what could MJ have been? And I'm not talking MJ could have been from going to college right. and, and, and playing all the way up through the ranks and what have you. But after that season, if he what never if he didn't back go to back to basketball? What, what does MJ look like after that season? He stays... And I do want to say, uh, just kind of like as a preface, regardless of anything, what he did is entirely impressive. Oh, absolutely. Being, For somebody that had not played baseball in God knows how many I years. I mean, he was, what, 31? Yes, and 31 years he, old. he last played baseball in high school. High school. Right. So we're talking, what, at least... 23 fit, years. Some, yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah. So being able or, to do correct, that... 13 years, sorry. Being able to do that after that many years off is an incredible athletic feat. Oh, yeah. Uh, it really is. And hitting a baseball in general as a player that who plays like every day, it's the hardest thing to do in sports. Dude, if you hit, if you connect on a ball three out of ten times, if you fail seven out of ten times in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's hard to do as is. So – you know, going back to the sport, getting into the, you know, double A, hitting in the twos was absolutely incredible. But the thing is, it's all relative. That's what you kind of have to remember here. The MLB would have been a different animal. And honestly, probably the best outcome I see for MJ, a serviceable French player at best. Yeah. Just kind of like put him yeah, in there, we'll utility there. player at best. He, he's not an everyday player. No. Um, he could steal some bases. Too. And I do want to say Francona. Um, I put a lot of trust in Francona. I think he's an incredible Tito? manager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what do you, what do you I, call I think him? what he said probably speaks. It's probably true. He said that if MJ had 1,500 at bats and he kept with it, MJ would have made it to the major leagues. I mean, I that's I true. Don't dis. It's a true statement. With that. But. In You're the also major leagues, at that point, at like a 34 year old rookie, too. True. In the major leagues, the age isn't on his side. He started at 31, so even if he made it, makes it to the major leagues at 32, 33, age isn't on his side. Right. right. Um, so, yes, Francona, you are correct. MJ probably would have made it to the league if he was 20 years old. But once he got there, stardom's not happening. You're going to sell stuff. But you're going to be Tim Tebow. Exactly. His strikeout I mean, to talking, walk ratio was awful. <laughs> I'm we're, looking we're at it right now. Literally, fringe player, serviceable utility player. That's it. That's it. 51 walks yep. and 114 strikeouts. 497 at bats. Shoo! Okay. Well, so he's, but back then, you know, in 1994, that stuff was cool. Like, you you had those guys that just got up there and either struck out or hit a home run like well but but he I said that anyway. <laughs> he only hit three right. <laughs> but he did drive honest. he did drive in fifty one runs in uh you know four hundred ninety seven plate appearances so that's I mean and MJ is a psycho like he he would have 
You know how much oh, he would have found himself oh, on yeah. the field somehow. I'd say, you know how much that probably pissed him off to find out he was failing at something? Right. Yeah. Because right. uh, well, that's what he said. Like, in the, if you watch a documentary, he said, you know, failing, you know, when he got cut from his high school team. Like, it just drove him to come back the next year. And, like, he went, I mean, obviously it helped that he grew, like, what, four or five inches over the summer. But, I mean, I don't know his work ethic one of the greatest of all time yeah and he would have because of that he would have found himself on the field in some way but not as an everyday player right no, yeah. and it's i mean you know you look at it now like we're kind of sort of getting to see the same thing with tim tebow like yeah the guy played you know played football gave up baseball played football and he's i don't he's know if having, he really gave up football Football gave up on him. I think he yeah. just got to push out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's which, true. Which, I mean, uh, that's kind of we won't, we won't go there. We won't, but you know, Tebow's work ethic is there with Michael Jordan. Absolutely, I, I think they're in the same breath. And as as well, will he ever see a major league field? Maybe, maybe for promotion. Yeah, <laughs> maybe as a DH in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, DH. Get yeah, Tebow is he? Uh, <laughs> but is he a terrible baseball player? Absolutely not. No, he's he's had some a little bit of success, you know, coming through I the think minor he's leagues. He's already hit more home runs than MJ. Maybe. I mean, he's made it. He's made it to AAA. Yeah. True. So he's he's right there. Will we ever see him in Major League Baseball? I hope so, because I'm a huge Tebow guy. I love Tim Tebow. He's a just his worth ethic, his just as his demeanor, like. Tim Tebow as a person, more kids should look up to guys like Tim Tebow, I believe. He's you know what guy. would have been the greatest thing that just got pissed on us pretty much? So Tim Tebow had confirmed that he was going to play for Team Philippines in the World Baseball Classic. Very true. Because he was born there, so he was allowed to play. Well, now they've said there's not a World Baseball Classic. So the closest thing we might have seen him play professional baseball, just shit on us too. So. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. And this kind of brings up, you know, Different guys choosing different sports. We almost saw Kyler Murray in, in well, maybe not Major League Baseball, but in baseball right. instead of running around There's been NFL a lot fields. Of big Russell NFL Wilson, players. yeah. Uh, Russell still practices with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he does. So. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just play multiple sports, kids. Absolutely, definitely support that. <laughs> definitely play multiple sports, but then choose baseball because you're gonna make a lot of money. And it's the greatest game there ever was. And it's a lot less stress on your body. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're Stanton or Judge. And chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> we rolling into the next uh, next little topic here. We're gonna hand it over to old Blakey. Let's hand it over here to Blakey Biceps. And Blake into a segment we call This Week in Baseball. Baseball. All right. So last week I got super in depth with Kerry Woods when he struck out game. I'm not going to really get too involved in anything this week. I'm going to call these quick hits because I'm going to go over a bunch that have happened this week in baseball history. We'll start off with March 11th, and this is not in chronological May order. May 11th. You said March. It's May. Or. Why not right March? <laughs> yeah, May 11th. Hey, yeah. no one knows the date right now. This is true. Dates don't this even matter. <laughs> I just seen an M. Uh, yeah, okay. May the 4th be with you. But anyways, uh, so May 11th, 2016, Max Scherzer threw a 20 strikeout game, conveniently just a few days after feel the like they all happened to May. Kerry Woods. Well, then, uh, also May 11th, 1996, Al Leiter pitches the first no-hitter in Marlins history. 97, this kind of come interesting to me. The Braves were on a 16-game skid, and the team owner, Ted Turner, takes over as the team manager to try to end the skid. Well, then we'll go to May 12, 2004. Taylor, your boy, Alex Cora, was playing for the Dodgers at the time, and he hit 14 consecutive foul balls. Every single foul ball he hit, the, the crowd just kept getting more amped up and more amped up. Eventually, on the 18th pitch, he hits a home run off the Cubs' Matt Clement. I do want to bring up an interesting little tidbit there. Alex Cora, former manager at Red Sox, uh, while he was the manager, Mookie Betts had a similar situation where he had a 13-pitch at bat, fouled off a ton of pitches, ends up hitting a home run in the 2018 season. Just so happens that that play, that that at bat is looked at 
as kind of like the turning moment of where Cora and the team and the media and everyone was like, oh, this team's for real. Right. It was like a turning point right. in the season. But kind of interesting that, you know, Mookie had the same experience as Cora did right. in a World Series winning season. Just kind of cool. Well, conveniently enough, Alex Cora did that with the Dodgers in 04 when the Red Sox won the World Series in 04. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> well. Probably one of the coolest things I've seen on this list, and it really has nothing to do with baseball talent at all, was May 12th in 1998, the Padres' rainout streak ended at 1,184 games. That was their first rainout since 1983. That just seems crazy to me. Granted, California probably doesn't get a lot of rain in San Diego, but. Wow. Seemed pretty wild. Uh, May 12th, 1970, Ernie Banks, 500th career home run, first Cub to do so. Uh, May 13th, 2009, Ryan Zimmerman hits, uh, he gets the Nats all-time hit streak and it ended at 30 games. May thir- Actually, here's another crazy one for me. So May 13th, 2008, the Rays take their first division lead in 2008. May 13th, 2007, the Red Sox, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they had their Mother's Day Miracle. Does that Ooh. recall anything to you? Oh, yes. Mother's Day Miracle. It does. Game. They were down like they were a down boatload. <laughs> yeah. They were down 5-0. Five five, yeah, 5 nothing. Yeah. And scored 6 in the bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, yes. To, to beat do. the Orioles. What year did you say that was? That was uh, 2007. Yes. Oh, and World what, Series it was uh, a crazy play to end the game, too. It was uh, I think it was a ground ball to second. Bad throw, they score two runs to win. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yes, bad throw. What Aaron happened in 2007, Taylor? Shouldn't even, shouldn't even happen, honestly. Right, yeah. Not a back <laughs> What's up? What happened in 07? That's a World Series year, baby. Yeah, maybe that was the turning point of that year for you, too. It might have been. Honestly, a little early in the season, early. but I could see how early. that's pretty From Mother's inspiring. Day. Yeah, Mother's Day. Pretty cool moment here, May 13th of 1947. Jackie Robinson went to play in Cincinnati, was receiving a lot of uh, – you know, fans not really accepting him there. And then the rumor has it, P.B. Reese put his arm around him. A lot of people say that didn't happen, but either way, that's a huge moment for baseball history and mankind in general. Good turning point there. I just feel like maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42. Yeah. (laughs) I just feel like whether that happened in the exact way that the movie depicted it. Right. Something happened, right? Yeah, had to. or they would not have depicted it in the way Correct. they did. Something took place there, and I just think that we should all be thankful and and grateful and just appreciative of that moment happening. Oh, absolutely, giving us that moment to look back on. Correct. Yep. Um, then on to May fourteenth of two thousand twelve, Bryce Harper becomes the youngest player in MLB history to hit a home run. Nineteen years old in two hundred and eleven days. It's crazy. Anomaly. That is what you call an anomaly. Yeah. Do you remember seeing that video of him at what, like 16? Six, cranking. 500-plus foot home run into a out damn in, cornfield? Out, where was it? I thought it was out in Vegas somewhere. No, nah, he played for Vegas, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I was thinking it was a fucking cornfield. I don't know. I just remember watching it, and hell, he's like our age, right? Yeah, he's close. I mean, somewhat similar, and I'm yeah. like... That's kind of when I knew. I, I remember like, graduating well, I high school. And I, I, yeah, I graduated <laughs> high school, and this fucker's hitting bombs in major league stadiums. I'm like, God. He's like, well, uh, I'm, I'm screwed. Right. Uh, May 14th, 1967, keeping his promise to his wife, Merlin, Mickey Mantle hits a home run on Mother's Day. Uh, this is kind of interesting with the rest of baseball history. May 14th, 1920, uh, the New York Giants and Yankees had shared a stadium. And they informed the Yankees they're not renewing their lease, so go build your own fucking stadium. <laughs> what do you know? Babe Ruth, brick by brick, builds his own fucking stadium. Who would have thought that? Then uh, May 15th, 1941, Joe DiMaggio began his 56-game hit streak. A record probably never going to get beat. Does anybody think it'll get beat? I, I think the talent level is just too – Yeah. I think it's too – It's too much. Pitching's too much. Right. Like you're just going to – Exactly. That could be so done back then because we're talking what fastballs in the eighties. Right. Eighty so, miles an hour is what I'm well, saying. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe DiMaggio in nineteen eighty, man. <laughs> no. And then uh May fifteenth, nineteen seventy three, Nolan Ryan threw his first of seven career no hitters. Uh for okay, first of seven. Yep. Um j- just maybe maybe you don't know off the top of your head. Where does that rank amongst maybe people who have multiple no hitters? I believe he's 
first all does time. It like, I think he's first well, all time. What I'm saying is, shot. does it like blow it out of the water? Uh, or is someone like close? A little bit of a little fact check here. Well, seven while, you're, while you're looking that up, just just to do back to the hitting streak, the closest player of our generation to ever get there was Jimmy Rollins in 05, 06. He got 38. 38 compared yeah, to right. 56. <laughs> yeah, there's just no chance Okay, yeah, happening. Nolan Ryan at seven. The closest to that was another legend, Sandy Koufax, who had four. So he almost doubled yeah. the closest to him. So we're talking there. We're talking. Verlander's got three, though, which is third all time, tied with Bob Feller. And Cy Young. So we're talking that 56 yeah. is not getting touched. Uh, too much pitching talent. Seven career no-hitters. That seven touched. career no-hitters, not getting touched. And I want to say Nolan Ryan's last no-hitter was well into his 40s. Well into it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And he had uh, – how many career strikeouts did he have? It was ridiculous. It was – Ethan, fact check for us. We should probably get better at this. That's what technology's for. We need a we need a we need a nerd intern. Send your resume in. Send your resume in. The six four three pod at gmail.com. Send it in. Okay, so hundred twenty, let's see, twenty seven years is how long you played. Really? It's showing. Good lord. Yeah, he, dude, he would throw I'm, on multiple occasions, he threw two games in a day. True. They Strikeouts. Did. Yeah, I know go. this is ridiculous. Please 5,714. Yeah. You hear 3,000 strikeouts, instant Hall of Famer. He was well over 2,000 more than that. Good Lord. Good. Ryan was an God. No Talk Lord about Ryan. anomaly. Yes. Imagine anomaly. growing up watching that. To That's only awesome. 2,795 walks. So he doubled his strikeout rate pretty much. Yeah, no one Ryan was, was a beast. Yeah, he was good. That's amazing. And, uh,. And you like to beat the fuck out of little kids for the White Sox <laughs> as an old man. Absolutely. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has seriously liked our Facebook page, liked or followed us on Twitter. Um, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Participate in our polls. Yes, absolutely. Engage yeah, with us. We definitely want to get – we started one poll this week. I think it would be a good idea to just start – you know, doing maybe one a week or something. Absolutely. Like that for now. We just want your engagement. We definitely want engagement. We, we want to, uh, you know, give shout outs on the, on the show to you guys. Um, you know, talk, maybe and have you call in, give your opinion on some Absolutely. things. Absolutely. In the future might do some DMS or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate the early support. Keep supporting, like subscribe, review, follow anything else, boys. I think that's it. Uh, we're just real appreciative over here. 643 Podcast out.